So we are currently, what are we? It's been one, two, that many. It's been like almost, it's been like 10 days since the finish of the Calgary Stampede and Wacey has yet to wear pants. Real pants. Real pants? So like what? what is like this? I wore like, I wore like comfy, like my Lululemon pants. Oh, yeah. But like I haven't worn denim. Anything, I haven't worn No jeans. denim. No denim in that whole time Or span? no long sleeve shirts. Don't, if you're... If you're a, uh, a denim company, do not sponsor Wacy Anderson because he will not wear your Don't products. sponsor me post-stampede. Post-stampede. After he needs a little break. 10 days straight in the heat of jeans and long sleeve shirts, like, it's it's. How's your it's tan? Did you get, have you, you got a, a tan past your cuff marks yet? I'm, I'm getting a bit of one. I'm starting to get some sun now. You look pretty white on that, that side of your arm. I know. It's, now, <laughs> like, it's crazy how dark my hands are. But now that we finally are getting some sun in Calgary, I can get outside and get a bit of a tan. It only on. took till what? Today's July 23rd is our first, first maybe above 30. 30 degree day of yeah, the year. Yeah. And it's going to be, and the days are already getting shorter. It's not great. Isn't that horseshit? It's been a tough summer for weather wise. Jeez. But yeah. It took us till episode 44 to get a 30 degree day. Yeah. And I usually got a good tan because I tan pretty easily. So I usually got a good tan by now. And But uh, you don't. Welcome don't to Rodeo and Calgary Stampede. Yeah. So 10 days in the long sleeve. It has, been, has been nice. Not wearing pants though. Yeah, I haven't wore pants very much. Mm-hmm. When I do wear my Wranglers, I well, I had to wear them. I wore them to Manor and back on the weekend, and got to wear them again tomorrow. We got Owen, then Battleford, and stuff. Stuff's happening, man. Busy. And then this is out on the thirty first. I will have made to a trip to Montana and back by then. Pollockville. We're really, really rolling here. You going to Montana? Yeah, I got to go to Fada Billings on Sun Sunday night, and then going to be in. Columbus at Montana Silversmiths and fly home on the 31st, on the morning of the 31st. Oh, cool. That's my next week. Sweet, man. On the run. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. The second coming of Cowboy Christmas. Yeah, it's, the yeah, Cowboy Christmas Part 2. 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, because this is like... It's pretty crazy how busy it is. Like, Well, there's something every day of the yeah. week now, right? Yeah. As compared to before, in the summertime, before school's out, you can't really rodeo during the week because no. the kids are in school. And, mm-hmm. you know, people won't come to rodeos. Well, there's just not that many events either. It's true. It's very true. And, and but they're but they're not on the weekend. Yeah. Where now they're all, on, can be on the weekends. And, and now we're like steady till end of August. With Pretty much, stuff right? Yeah. Stuff, there's like lots of Wednesday bull ridings that yeah. don't happen very often. You know, Owen's on a Wednesday night. Battleford's usually on the Wednesday, but they trade their dates. And then you got Coronation's a Wednesday bull mm-hmm. riding. Mm-hmm. Lots of Wednesdays. Like if, if Battleford didn't end up changing the dates, it would have been, or if Owen was still the 17th, Battleford would have been this Wednesday, then we go to Polkville. Like, mm-hmm. Wednesday night bull ride, man. Summertime. Big, big night. Playing out summertime. Yeah. Especially if the weather stays like this, it's going to be great for some oh, bull riding it? events. Yeah, it's going it. to be awesome. It's the best. Love it. The best. So, yeah, this is episode 44. It's Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. We just rambled on there for about three <laughs> minutes, but hey, it's okay. This is what this is uh, This is for. This is the bullshit, bullshit sessions. The bullshit sessions. Try and say that three times. The bullshit sessions. <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of S's. The it Bullshit is. Sessions with Ted and Wacy. With Ted and Wacy. Brought to you by... Cowboy Shit. Somebody who should sponsor us. And everything cowboy. If you want to sponsor the Bullshit... Bull bullshit Sessions. <laughs> if you can say Bullshit Sessions, you're going to be a sponsor of the Bullshit The Tongue sessions. Twister. Yeah. So, yeah, this is what's going on, though. Uh, Cheyenne's on right now. There's another one we can talk about. Cheyenne Frontier Days. The dad. A lot of the top time event contestants in the world didn't go this year. It's going to end up being four rounds and a short go. Wasn't what they, they didn't want to take have to miss Salinas and, and Spanish Fork and Salt Lake City's on right now too. And the schedule was kind of, it wasn't formatted in a way where the people were going to know when they were going to be up the whole time. Uh. So Adam Gray wrote a piece for the Cowboy Journal, which was actually a month ago already now. 
but I just came across it today and I was looking at it and and seeing kind of the explanation as to why a lot of these top guys aren't there. Mm-hmm. But the format was kind of put together a little different. It's not like a Calgary where they know they're going to be there for the four, four days. days. Yeah, there's a bit of there's like well, if you open the slack, then you can go on to the semifinals and you can go on to the finals. So you there's like up to a bunch of different days where the guys don't know where they're where they're going to be aren't going to be able to get to those other rodeos. And when they're trying to make the finals, they want to get to as many as they can, right? Yeah. They're not really willing to skip the... The real big ones. They're not willing to skip skip out on on a... uh, What we're trying to say. They wouldn't want to skip all those other big rodeos. No, for sure. When they can do these ones. Especially, like you say, when the guys are trying to make the finals and you don't want to miss those big rodeos just for one big rodeo. Yeah. Like, it makes it tough. you might be able to make just as much in one place over the same amount of time if you just committed to the one and maybe would... True. You know, if you win every round and win the finals in Cheyenne, you're going to probably win more than you won at all those other places anyways. Mm-hmm. But one thing that that uh, that Adam Gray said on, in the piece for the Cowboy Journal, Shane Hanshi's website, he was a guest of our show a while back, he said that he thought it was the beginning of limiting entries at rodeos. And I was like, yeah, why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Why should 150 guys get to enter Cheyenne? It's one of the biggest rodeos in the world. It should be the top 25, and that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But he said if you don't give those guys an opportunity to go to those rodeos, then they're going to not want to go. Well, that's horseshit. Yeah, qualify. Go to the smaller rodeos. Work your way up. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. If you're just a weekend guy, sorry, but you shouldn't get to go to Cheyenne. No, no. Sorry if I'm hurting your feelings, but like you got to earn your way there. Well, look at the PBR model. Like I know, we, I know, we, I know we go, we go back to it a lot, but it makes sense because you have your top 35 guys and you have to qualify to be at those big events. Look at any other pro sport. You don't yeah. get to just enter an NHL game. No, you don't get to get to enter a freaking big would guest. Be, would be yeah. awesome. Well, it'd be neat, <laughs> but that's basically what's happening. That's all, it is, for, that's right all now. it is for them. Yeah, yeah. That's horseshit, man. Yeah. And it shouldn't be for a professional sport. It shouldn't be like that. No, no. I don't think so. No, I agree, hundred percent. It's, I mean, there's kind of, it's kind of like that in golf. I would say where a guy can qualify and work his way up, maybe, but but you're still, still, you're still not getting those guys who are trying. Like the guys who get qualifying for their big tour events are the top, are the best yeah, in the world. Exactly. Like they're not, they're not just, they can't just enter on the weekend. Anybody, yeah, yeah. Right. But so I see, I see what you mean. Like it makes a lot of sense, and it would probably inc- improve their quality of the rodeo. If Absolutely, you're having just, like, consistently the top twenty-five guys, or For sure. do like a Calgary format where you have two pools, top yeah, guys. And, like, and I think somewhere along the line, something didn't get, didn't jive quite right where they made the format like this. So mm-hmm. I understand the guys that never like Shane. I asked him what what was going on here. He said they they just wish that they had the that they just had the a say in it because it, it just got approved without anybody, yeah. re- without the Titan Rappers even getting I wish you could see, you could see why people would be upset. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, it's BS. You don't mm-hmm. get to go to the biggest rodeo. You're going to trade one for four? Like, I get it why they're going that way. But then again, there shouldn't be 150 guys going, getting not, to enter in the first place. Chance, no. and, the, and then at those other ones, those are the qualifiers, so you can go to Cheyenne, right? Mm-hmm. And I realize they're probably not going to want to do certain things this way and whatever, but we've got to progress somehow. And that's, and that's the way you're going to do it. Absolutely, you have Wait, to have you're improving progress. your impro- like I said before. They're improving the show. Improving your show. Yeah. Shane also said, and this is where the conversation is stalled at this point. But I, but they said he said he liked the old format better, except you put the top thirty guys in the performances. And I said, well, even so, you still don't have a winner every day like you do right now. Right now, the format in Cheyenne is there's a winner every single day, mm-hmm. similar to Calgary, where you can actually market that and say, here's our champion today, mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of saying, oh, well, this guy got a nine six, but he's actually second because somebody else was nine three. Mm-hmm three days ago but you didn't get to see that because you're only here at the rodeo today yeah where this way they can serve a product that's here's our winner today we're going to talk to this guy he won this he won this much money which works for your non-traditional rodeo fan who's not following it closely like a guy just going to the who are a lot of the fans of rodeo exactly yeah you got to yeah it makes a lot of sense for them because well and it i think it's i haven't been to cheyenne yet and i've only driven by on the highway it's cool rodeo you've been there because your dad dad, my dad wild horse race horse race there Yeah. yeah and i saw the results for that they're still doing that too there but oh yeah but 
for any for any fan, I mean, even even for here for one thing, just for highlights. A few years ago, I, probably like 2012 now, I got a camera and was videotaping different rodeos and stuff. And I would go to an event and take a camera, and I would go get one perf of a rodeo. But like, how the hell do I get anything worthwhile? I could go to a rodeo and do the whole perf and not get one um, highlight. When, I could and use one winner, right? Even, yeah, I don't even get one winner, and I'm there for a whole perf, which is you know at least two and a half hours of rodeo plus yeah. travel and getting there just for filming it to have a have something on my website for a you know here's the winner for tonight's event i i can it's almost impossible for for me to do that and make it feasible in the early parts of well, that and website it's not, and it's not even good content either no it has to be quality you get like content, a 68 right? point bull ride if that's your yeah. only ride or you get like a, a 12 second run in the tie yeah. down or a 50 you know an, an eight in the bulldog bad like posting it yeah you don't, i don't have any content yeah you know i went i went to a that's why I went to the rodeos in the first performance sometime because at least it would be good for a day. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, here's the leader in this event because I actually had it and it would stand <laughs> up for one day. Yeah, but you're still not guaranteed a fast because like, you, you could have a 10-second run in the, t- in the seer wrestling that's leading it yeah. just on that day. Yeah, or the team rope when they all they have a bad day. Like, yeah. It doesn't work where if you go to Cheyenne now, you got a winner every day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oren was 90 points the other day and he won that day. Then you actually have that winner and it's actually marketable that way, right? Mm-hmm. So I see the different sides of the story. But it's uh, the, it's it, it's part of what rodeo, like you said, what rodeo needs to move forward though, and like give yeah. a better product. Like it, it needs to be simplified, and they have to. It definitely needs to be simplified. They, but they have to change formats in certain ways. But there's really no f- no formula for how that even takes place at this point. It's no. totally abstract in every certain way. Yeah, but I feel like it, if people like really sat down and hammered it out, and like like you say, have a development league, and then your top end, like your yeah. a, your NHL AHL format, yeah, like it wouldn't take much to fi- figure that out at, at the professional level. No, but it, but somebody has to sit down and do that. And then yeah. the problem with that though is that the PRCA has so many of their rodeos, seven hundred rodeos or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then there's every other association that probably should be the development league, that's not anywhere under the same umbrella. Yeah. So. Like it needs, like it wouldn't be. I my my initial thought was how it wouldn't be hard to get it to where you have it, like an NHL, AHL, like a tiered style. Yeah, but it's all gonna be on the same roof, yeah. which is something that hockey they have they have it all solidified there. Mm-hmm. But then they have the KHL, which which is a different pro, pro division, different pro division yeah. too. So then we've got rodeo where it's really scattered, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's where like organizations like the WCRA when they come in, because like it's still it's tiered. And you have your qualification levels, then you get your, yeah. you get the best of your from your qualification your qualifiers at your big events. Mm-hmm. I think that's the future of it. And I, I think they could. I mean, yeah, it seems like we keep coming back to it, but they could be the the end all for getting things under one roof. The problem with the problem with rodeo though, and all this is like it's such a big pissing contest between all the associations. <laughs> like, literally, is like why like why are we working against each other when we should be working together to make it to make like I said, if we all just True. like everybody just put their like ego aside and their pride aside, like and we got together, it wouldn't be hard to make it happen. Well, and here's another thing that came up the other day. But on the drive home from Manor the other night, I was on scrolling through Facebook because I was in the passenger seat having a break from driving. Nappy nap. I didn't nap, <laughs> but I took a break from driving. And Lana Sproul, Sproul, who I used to, we were roommates in, in Vegas when I went to school there. Mm-hmm. She put out a post asking about whose responsibility is the ground at a, at a rodeo. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's no one, it's going to be no one's responsibility until the association produce their own events. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really it isn't. It's, it's kind of a committee 
and mm-hmm. kind of the CPRA, but no, the CPRA doesn't send anyone. No. The PRCA doesn't send anyone there, to a rodeo. There, there's no the regulations in line for no. the ground. If there's regulations set by the association. But what would those even be? Would they have to be just, like that, a certain just, amount of wetness? Do you have to test the ground? Do you well, got to like have a certain tractor? Like Yeah, exactly, man. That's what I mean. What is it? Where and if, if, it, was, and if it, was, it, was, it was a specific piece of equipment, you can't ask the committees to provide that. No, not at that all. That had to be provided by the association because it's required And then they got to truck it all around. Yeah, exactly. But then is that ever going to happen? They don't even have people at every event. How how the hell is that going to even go down? That's where with the, you know, with the WCRA guys, they're putting on their own events with the PBR. PBR has a, has a, has a bunch of trucks on the road that produce their events. So it's the same everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. You don't have a McDonald's hamburger that's different in a different, different place, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same everywhere you go. No, no, it makes sense, man. That's really not what's going on with rodeo. Every rodeo has a different freaking order of events. Order of events, different added money. It's like different performance approved formats by this, by this association but not by this association because this association formats. doesn't like this association like it's it's all fucked around man yeah majorly yeah. it's majorly fucked around and now we have breakaway roping to add into the mix too mm-hmm. just throw that in there and mm-hmm. see what happens too right mm-hmm. i think it's great oh yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like how do you it's even just another it's just another thing it. yeah just another thing it's another another yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it, it's it's cool like it's, I, I, no, I love yeah totally i think it's great to see it happen just a matter of now, how does it all... You need to like tighten it up and make it a better quality product. And Yeah, because we're and in the entertainment business and when it comes down to it. And we preach about this every time we do a show, it yeah. seems like. But it's the truth where... It's legit, man. That's what it's going to take for Rodeo to move forward. Yeah, and Cheyenne's making a step like this and they don't get support from the tie-down ropers. And mm-hmm. I mean... It sucks. Some of it... I mean, the cha- anytime you do make a change, somebody's going to be pissed off probably. Like mm-hmm. That's just kind of how it's going to probably go. People don't like change. No, not at all. So it's going to happen. But I mean, mm-hmm. kudos to Cheyenne for giving it a shot. I feel, I feel like a change like that Growing like, pains. like we talk about is like but like making it so you have the best at your best rodeos like yeah. how does that not There should not be 150 ca- tied on no. ropers that get to go to Cheyenne no, I'm man. sorry yeah. or any event for that no. matter you should have to qual- qualify there probably shouldn't even be wild horse racing in Cheyenne well it's even either. it's even like we talk about no offense to your man that just gets a novelty event though yeah it's, it's like the, the Indian relay races yeah, which are badass yeah yeah and so people, people do like wild that is racing. entertaining yeah it is entertaining and it yeah. doesn't and they do it at the end of the purse so it doesn't take any extra yeah, time you from go. your rodeo but anyways like like we were talking about with calgary and like like how like how, no matter wh- what you're doing or who you are or whatever like you still have to qualify to be at that yeah best at the best rodeo. they're gonna pick you somehow yeah so i mean like that it should be that way they're for, never gonna do entries for calgary again why no. would they why would they have a slack they have a steer riding slack well, one morning should, and they double it as a pancake well, breakfast yeah, or something. Like you and I shouldn't be able to go enter Calgary. No, hell no. We're not good. We would because we... Just, well, I don't well, think like back if we were rodeoing like yeah would. yeah I'd be like not right, yeah, now, not right now but you know what yeah, I mean a thousand dollars under Calgary yeah you know what I mean like, pay a million dollars to the winners <laughs> like honestly but <laughs> huge jackpot there's a reason why people want to watch the high high level yeah, best good. people in the world because they're good at what they do they're good at stuff yeah so it makes sense why we should have the best guys at the best rodeos and mm-hmm. you sh- if you want to get to that level then qualify yeah go to those small Put rodeos in, pay man. your dues yeah right yeah you don't get to but just enter the, the, the analogy you have of like how you can't just like enter an NHL game for a game that's the best way to put it because that's what those guys do and go into that's Cheyenne. their job yeah exactly they, they work their, they work at it and why should Cheyenne have a slack like what is that benefiting them how no. is it benefiting them probably just costing it's the money more work why does any rodeo have a slack I'm sorry guys but like mm-hmm. to so you can have a jackpot on their, on their dime mm-hmm I don't know. If somebody has an explanation for Slack, please tell me because I, well, I don't it just get it goes. At this point. It boils down to the how there's no cap on entries. There you go. Yeah. And I mean, like, I and, realize if you, and, if you, and if you have it tiered, like if you had like your whatever, like using the NHL HL analogy again, you can. Yeah. You would cut down on that. There would be yeah. less. Slack. They go to the smaller rodeos. Yeah. Right. And there might be there might be less there might be less money in the pot, but if you take the money you spend on Slack, put it in the pot. 
mm-hmm. right? It's already, you're already using it. Take that money back, put it in the pot of the rodeo. Then that rodeo pays more, more money, yeah. right? Take less rounds. One guy, one round, boom, you make that much money. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm looking at this, trying to look at it different ways, but I don't know. Let's, it's, 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 it's tough because like, I've, I tell this to a lot of people, it's, I, I love the traditional part of rodeo and stuff, but yeah. we need to get away from it. We have to. Some of it, yeah. Yeah. Like there's like, it's still like good to have your roots and stuff, but like it's, it's going to, it's gonna die with if we don't like find another yeah. way to make it better, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, okay. we're gonna go to our interview now. Here, this week on Cowboy Shit, we welcome Lakota Bird. She's the first lady to ever win an all-around title at a Canadian Pro Rodeo, a three-time CNFR qualifier from Natan, Alberta. Lakota Bird, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. No worries. We appreciate you making it work. It's kind of. A little bit last minute, but <laughs> but uh, we're gonna get her done. And this, uh, yeah, we appreciate you being on the show, Lakota. What uh, what are you working on today? Tell us that first. Where are you? What's going on? I'm just working at the store at Cowboy Country. That's where I work, and I have an accounting degree, so I'm just in the office doing accounting stuff. It's not that exciting. Debits and credits. <laughs> Wacey knows that all too well. He did a little bit of he little did a little D and B at uh, at the UFC. A little bit, a little bit. Oh yeah. My first internship and in, summer internship was an account, I was an accounting clerk. Did a lot of accounts payable. Is that what you're doing right now? Paying the bills? Yeah, paying the bills and and simply accounting and getting all that stuff done. Not not that fun, but that's what I went to school for. So I guess I better I guess I better do it. That so. No one has to. <laughs> and where, tell us about your schooling days and and going to the college finals three different times. Just where do you went to school and, and that kind of thing? I want to hear the story. I rodeoed for Central Arizona College in Casa Grande, Arizona. So I got my associate's degree there. And then I thought I was going to go for two years and transfer back to Canada. And I loved it and wanted to stay. So I took my bachelor's degree online through Athabasca University and kept college rodeo in at CAC. So I got the college rodeo for them for four years and went to university and college at the same time, which was kind of hard to do but made it work so wait you you got your accounting degree through Athabasca while you were in Arizona yes so Athabasca University is totally online and I got the CAC testing center approved to take my proctored exams so I was in Arizona and I was taking like 15 credit hours at Athabasca University and then you have to take nine for the school you rodeo for so I took nine credit hours at CAC and was on the rodeo team there that's a lot. That's 24 total. Is that right? No, 15 yeah, and was, nine is, tw- yeah, 24. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot, but the classes at CAC had, were not hard classes. They just, cause they're American. It's just time. time consuming though. <laughs> Jeez. Literally don't tell the American class. But it's literally that like grade 12 and a half. We've, we've all been there, Lakota. We know what it's like. Yeah. yeah. We've been to school. <laughs> junior college in the States is, is not real tough. When the you old Juco. I remember yeah. my speech class in, at Ranger college. It was pretty funny. Yeah, all you had to do is like write a one-minute speech for each day. It was mostly for the guys who came to play ball and soccer that couldn't speak English. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, was, wow. it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was easy. Eh? The English classes. Yeah, I remember my first accounting class down there. They gave me like an outline to study off of, and I was like, okay. So I studied that and lots of everything. I go to the test, and it's exactly the same as the outline they pretty much gave you. <laughs> they pretty much gave you the test before the test, and I'm like. How can how can everyone not ace this? It's, it's and funny. then we go back in there, and the teachers like, yeah, or the professors like, yeah, like a few people failed it. It was okay, and I'm like, how? They gave <laughs> us the test. 
It's funny how it works like that. I remember my math class was like a a grade 10 math like equivalent. Right. My first year college. High school in Canada is hard. Yeah. Like the diploma exams in Canada is hard. It really is. Then you go down yeah. there and then you're, you're, it's not hard. So yeah, especially the math. The math. Like it was like, Super I, simple. I took calculus and stuff in high school up here and I tested out of, I tested out of college math when I took the entrance exam in the CAC. They're like, yeah, we have no math classes here. <laughs> oh, wow. So you just automatically get credits for everything or what? Yeah, well, I just took other classes to get the credits that I needed because in the entrance exam, you can test out of certain classes if you, like, pass out of them. And so I just, when I took the entrance exam, I, I tested out of all of the junior college math classes. Pa- pass out of the classes, not pass out in the classes. That's a de- You got to get those two. That was my problem in Ranger, <laughs> <laughs> passing out in the classes. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so college in America, lots of fun. You uh, like where where are all the college rodeos in the Grand Canyon region? Tell us about that so, too. Grand Canyon regions, all of Arizona and part of New Mexico. So we went places like uh, Window Rock, Arizona. We had a college rodeo. Las Cruces, New Mexico. We had to go all the way to Tucumcari, New Mexico. So kind of all over, and then just most of New Mexico's Grand Canyon region. There's a chunk that's in the southwest. Yeah, just like Hobbs and Portales, and then Tucumcari is yeah. like what half an hour from Portales, but it's a different region. Yeah, and it's in our region, which I'm not. I'm not sure whose idea that was. It's an 11 hour drive. Kind of goofy, isn't it? From Tucson to Tucumcari, made that trip quite a few times. Yeah. Well, at least three, right? Or did you guys have two rodeos well, there? We had two rodeos there for a couple of the years. Oof. So I and I called rodeos for four years. So I think I went there like six times. What were some of the highlights of the college rodeo scene for you? I know, I know. For me, I got kicked out a couple times just from <laughs> drinking at school because you're not allowed to do that because we're not 21, which is kind of BS because we go there as from being 18, and mm-hmm. then you got to go to college. And college, you're supposed to be able to have fun, but it's it's funny how how more experienced you are with alcohol compared. Yeah, to you just have to be a little sneakier than that, Ted. Oh yeah, it turns out I wasn't. <laughs> you saw me in Denver. It's not you know how what kind of shit I get into. Yeah, I saw you in Denver when you were leg wrestling with my mom. Indian leg wrestled my mom in the car. <laughs> Did you hear about that, Wes? <laughs> no, not at all. Oh geez, that was uh Donnie got me all drunk. He probably knew it was going to happen, and he's he, always the instigator. Yeah, we were on the Bulldogs, and then because of with Lacey from Western <laughs> yeah. Stockman and Lethbridge, and they got me all messed up, and then I decided that leg wrestling would be a fun idea. Turns out it and was a lot of fun at the time, but... Well, can I also add that my mom beat him, like, wrestling? <laughs> I'm, not su- I'm not surprised by that at all, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she won. Won quite <laughs> handily, prepared. too. Quite handily. So, tell us tell us about some of the highlights of the Grand Canyon region, though, and, and school down there. I'm I'm curious about your experience. Like, Wacey was in Ranger, I went to Hobbs, and you were in you were in Tucson, you said? Yeah, it's in Casa Grande, the school is. That's right, okay. I loved it. I could have called a for the rest of my life. It was awesome. Um, being on a team is kind of a different thing for a rodeo kid because I never really played a lot of other sports. I never really was on a team. And so the camaraderie and practicing as a team and pulling for each other was really cool in college. Um, I I really liked it. I liked the region. Met a lot of new people. I had I had some success there. I won the region in the breakaway three times. And I won the region in the barrel racing once and all around once and went to the college finals three times in the breakaway and twice in the barrels. So it was good for me. College rodeo is paid good too. I I miss that side of it also. 
and yeah, it was a great experience. I was I was super sad when I was done. I could have I could have stayed forever. It was awesome. What kind of money were you winning at those college rodeos? My last two years, I kind of figured out that I won about ten thousand a year at college rodeos. That's and it's U.S. too, so that's yeah. like 20, thirteen. 000. Yeah. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, so, paid yeah. The, bills the last down there a couple years bit. when I was I was doing well in the breakaway on the barrel racing, and I I tied goats and team roped and kind of placed along once in a while in those events. But I didn't didn't do, didn't win a ton in them, but yeah, it was good. And yeah, they pay good, and then plus you get travel money and some of your expenses paid by the school. So yeah, when you you're not you're doing good, not yeah. paying all of your own expenses too, that's pretty good profit. That would almost pay for your education. Winning that kind of money. Yeah, and also, yeah, I was on a scholarship down there, too. So That's yeah, awesome. That nice work. So mostly it was just beer money, you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't beers. spend it all on beer. Just the, most of it. <laughs> you, can be, you can be honest with us. We know, like, I don't know <clears> about, we've been there. I don't know about most of it. Part of it? That's fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if it's vodka money, too, it's the same difference. It's okay. I definitely, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't 21, but I don't know. I definitely didn't have a Mexican girl's fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that worked every time this is a true story i had less trouble with a fake id down there than i do with a my real id now because it's canadian really yeah well, when they see a canadian id I, get down questioned, there, yeah. I never got questioned with that and i'm i'm blonde and pretty white never got questioned and with my own id because it's from alberta i get questioned all the time well it's probably from when i was making all the fake ids in in new mexico when i was in Hobbs, because I had a whole fabrication line. I had like, it was it was like five steps. We would know that you didn't know about this. No. Yeah, this was. I I should keep. I should put get back in business for all the kids going south and just fabricate the black market. Yeah, the black market IDs. Because I would go and. That'd be a pretty good. You'd be a pretty good gig, I think. I made our whole school school them. There was like probably seven, eight, nine, ten, probably fifteen people that had these fake IDs that I made. Because I would go. We go and scan them, and then Dustin. Well, I shouldn't name my accomplices, uh, but <laughs> Dustin Square from <laughs> he he would. Should, we, should you be saying this like well, I, to I, the public? I didn't say his name. I said the different last name. Oh. <laughs> so Dustin Square would go and we <laughs> he would go and do this, and then and then land or like he. So what we do is we'd photocopy the IDs first, so we'd have them on paint or whatever. Then. He, one guy would go in and change the dates then he would print it out on photo paper and then I would put the f- package that the photo paper was made in like that, that like it came in I would spray glue the ID like with the like the new picture to both sides and then I would put like a laminate thing on top and then I would cut it all out around that so it was like a, it was a whole team effort but we got it done. <laughs> that was before they scanned IDs, so you, yeah, you'd be fine. So it worked so long, my fake ID actually expired. That's how I got busted. That it, I had it for like three <laughs> years, and finally it expired, and then I got busted. You like, didn't think thing... to put a like a distant fake ID, like expiry on there, like make the expiry after you turn twenty-one. Yeah, I think it was. Like I think that I turned twenty-one like the next day, and I was like, ah, that's okay. It had a good run. It wasn't <laughs> it was bad. Run. The worst, the worst one though, was when I was in coming back from like going to and from because i had i had them both in my wallet and then i yeah. we were at the border one t- one time and they totally strip searched us like it was like a pretty thorough search this one day and the lady at the border took my opened my wallet both of them were like on in my wallet showing as the first pieces and she like pulled them both out and just gave me my wallet back 
and just like she pulled did. him out, looked at him, gave him back. I'm like, oh my god, I just about <laughs> that could have been really bad having a fake ID across the border, especially so, on the American side because they're pretty. This hard was on Canada, them. luckily. Oh, okay, okay. But I couldn't imagine because like a fake ID crossing a border, that's like bad. Re- yeah, I figured like that could be real bad. Yeah, so, I don't think it would be good. So we survived that. But so going to the college finals though on three different times, I never got to go. Wacy, you didn't get no. to go. Tell us about the college finals for any, you know anybody that maybe never got to make it there. What what's it like? Tell us about it. The college finals were awesome. Casper was a great venue. I made the made the short round in the breakaway twice. Uh, so I I had a lot of had way too much fun. Uh, yeah, the college finals were a great experience and met lots of new people. It was the one cool thing about it was kind of had all of your friends that you college rooted within your region, and then. The years that I made it, a few other people made it from Canada. So then there were kind of your friends that you knew from high school rodeo and other Alberta kids that had rodeoed in different regions but made it to the college finals. So knowing a lot of different people and getting to, you know, hang out with the kids that you college rodeoed with in your region and the kids that you high school rodeoed with was pretty cool. Well, and then you would go home first actually from school and then have to go back down to go back to Casper. I would definitely, and Casper, I think it's like 14 hours from here, so it's really not that bad, and we'd be there, and I'd be with Arizona kids, and they'd be like, where's everyone from? I'd say, oh, I'm from Alberta, and they're like, wow, you came far, and I'm like, well, actually, it was closer for me than it was for the kids that <laughs> yeah. came from Arizona. Yeah, or California, or, so oh, yeah. Well, they still think we ride, what, dog sleds to the border and shit? Yeah, and rope polar bears. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, I heard a good one the other day. Ryan Byrne has a bull named Drop Bear, and they talked about Brock Radford going to Australia, and they were in the bush somewhere, and they're like, oh, mate, watch out for the Drop Bear. They'll get at you. <laughs> and it was just this big joke about that, like, if anybody's from from uh, from not from Australia, that Drop Bear is the big joke. They're like, oh, watch out, it's a Drop Bear. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan named a bull Drop Bear because <laughs> of Brock getting Aussie's messed with. Like that one. Yeah. Oh, it'd be easy to mess with Brock for that. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. That's awesome. So college rodeo that way. So what what I, what I want to talk about today with you two Lakota is that you go from the college rodeos and there's all the different events that, that the ladies can do. And then when you get back home, you either got to go to the CGRA rodeos to compete in the, in the other events besides barrel racing. Or if you want to go pro, you have to be a barrel racer. But now that's changed with you specifically being one of the people that make breakaway roping happen in Canada. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that it's, Breakaway's kind of blew up, especially in the States lately, and I've been kind of working to try to get it up here. We got it in High River at Guy Weedick Days, and Okotoks Pro Rodeo is going to have it, and they might have it in Olds also. So it's nice to be able to go. It's When you're pro rodeo and every weekend, it's hard to really get go anywhere else in the summertime. I'm pretty much gone trail racing every weekend, so I can't really get to the CGRAs or anything else. So it's nice to have Breakaway at some of those pro rodeos so I can keep roping. Put a, I put a lot of time and effort into my roping, and so it's after the short round of the college finals last year, I kind of thought I was done. Like, there was no really anywhere else to go, and I kind of was telling people I was retired, that I just wasn't going to rope anymore because there was nowhere to go, and that's really changed with how many rodeos I've picked up breakaway and all the new opportunities there is to breakaway in Canada. Well, and there's even more coming up now, too. Let's talk about the, the CFR and uh, and yeah, you already talked about Hyra, but let's talk about the CFR and getting and having breakaway there in some capacity. Let, tell us the the news. 
So in Red Deer this year, they're going to have a Canadian finals of breakaway. It's going to be in the same arena as the CFR. It's going to be before the perfs, I believe. It's going to be Friday and Saturday. And they're having approved jackpots all over Canada. And so you can pay into a side pot. And then the top five, if there's over 30 entries, the top five qualify to go to the CFR. And so they think they're saying they're raised, I think, over 30000 already. And they're thinking they're going to have 50000 added to the breakaway and about 40, 40 contestants. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. And it's going to be an awesome opportunity for girls to be able to win good money in the breakaway open in Canada. So that that's before the perf. Is that like an afternoon or like right before the perf? Or when are they going to do it exactly? It'll kind of be in the afternoon. I don't think it'll be right before the perf, but kind of in the afternoon. I think the first day they're having everyone runs two head, and then the top 15, I think, go into like a tournament style where so everyone will run one and then go down to like the top 10, the top five, top two, I think, will run at the end. So I think it'll be cool. Um, I, the caliber of roping in for girls in Canada, too, has been awesome. All of the ropings I've gone to have been super tough and really competitive. And I think there's lots of girls from up here that have gone to school in the States and had a lot of success in the breakaway roping. So I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, girls up here that want to rope and want somewhere to go. And now they have an opportunity where they where some people, like like one, for example, that I saw that you had in High River was Lori Sanders. Like I remember going... Lori went to school and played basketball for the UFC, yeah. but before that, she was in, she was in, uh, I don't, I'm actually not remembering where she was now, but, but she's one of the, you know, a great breakaway roper and, and was that, was in High River there in the perfs. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Ro- Lori ropes good. And I'm, she has a qualification, at least one qualification to the Canadian finals. So she'll be there. And yeah, there's lots of girls that are kind of, I, I was a good age for it because I never really stopped roping because it, as soon as I got done college, this is kind of blown up but there's lots of girls with like taylor uh, smith for example she kind of quit wasn't really breakaway roping much because she she roped really well in college but once she was down there wasn't really anywhere to go and now that breakaway's kind of growing again in canada she's talking about getting back into it so those look girls that are a little bit older than me that had kind of had quit after college are kind of getting back into it too so that's cool to see absolutely and then and then uh, with the CFR here, there's going to be a ton of money, and plus the WCRA with them bringing the breakaway rope. And there's there's a, it's an it's another event for our sport. Yeah, it is. Um, it's WCRA has added it. The American added it. They had a lot of success with that last year. I'm sure they're going to keep having it moving forward. WCRA, uh, a couple Canadian girls, the Beaujolais girls, won seventy five thousand at the first WCRA. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Well, and and. We had a chat about it on our last show, actually, about about Calgary for one, with all the things going on there and and the changes, and they you know they don't have team roping at this point. Do you think that breakaway might be something that they add, or do you think they might? I mean, it's gonna probably your brother probably won't love it, but would they phase out? Would they trade it for tie down? What do you think? I I don't think they'll trade it, and I don't want them to trade it. Um, that's one of the things that I think holding breakaway back a little bit is some people don't. Some calf ropers are scared that it's going to replace calf roping. I don't want it to replace calf roping. I don't think it should, and I don't think it will. I think there's room for it as well as calf roping in the Florida Rodeo. Um, I don't want to see breakaway take away from anything. I think calf roping is an old event. I think it's honestly better watching than breakaway, and I think it needs to stay. 
But I think there would be room. I don't see why there wasn't room at the Calgary Stampede to have cap roping and breakaway roping. The only argument on the other side of that would be the money. It's going to cost them another uh, absolutely half a million it costs dollars. More money. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see girls rope at the Stampede, and there has been some rumblings of it. There's been some talk of it. If it does happen next year, it won't be for a hundred thousand. I'm sure it's probably more like a novice event. It might be in a couple curves for less money, but that's fine. Um, to, just to get your foot in the door, I, I think if we you got to start somewhere, so it'd be cool just even if they had it one day or off the grounds at the Agrium, in, anywhere would be cool just to get started. And I feel like if it's a good event, if the crowd wants it, um, I think they'll find the money. What What have been some of the some of the pushback? I want to say, or what What has it taken to get the event added at some of these spots so far? I know I heard something about there was some pushback with the associations not really wanting it to happen inside the perfs and whatnot. What, what's the story there and what's it took to, to get, a, get it a few places so far? One thing that we had some trouble with, like at Guy Weedick days, was we didn't decide to have it early enough. So on their original approval, they didn't have it on there. So we couldn't have it during the perf. So we kind of had it before the perf. So if it's not on your original approval, you can't have it during a perf. So we've kind of gotten around that by having it right before, right after the perf. But moving forward, if they decide to have it way in advance, like for next year, they'll be able to put it on their approval and have it whenever during the perf they want. So that's not too big of a deal. Um, obviously, money's an issue. So if you add another event, you got to add more money. you got to pay for cattle. Like that's The committee's like, why would we do this? It's just going to cost us more money, which I get. But I think it's a good event for all of rodeo. It gets There's enough girls that do it and a lot of girls break away that don't run barrels. So if it was an added event, like in the CPRA, you're going to sell more memberships because these girls are going to come buy a membership to go rope. And I think it would be good for other events too. I know a lot of girls I've heard from the States have talked to me and said, we hear breakaways getting good in Canada. We want to come up there and rope. So if it got to be a good event and multiple CPRA rodeos picked it up, I think more girls would come up here. You'd sell more memberships. They might bring their boyfriend that enters the team rope in or the bronc riding or whatever else. So I think I see it being good for all of rodeo. I think the crowd likes it. I think women like seeing more women in rodeo other than just in the barrel racing. It's fast. Um, it's easy to understand. I I think it's a good event for the audience. I get the pushback because, you know, it makes for a little bit longer perf. you got to add the money. But in the end, I think if it could become an event in more rodeos that it would be worth it and it would be good for all of rodeo. <coughs> Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, po- I pointed out Wacy, and he didn't. Oh, didn't have. I, I threw him off there a little bit. Yeah, I was. But. I was paying attention. I was trying to. Click, yeah, put me on the spot. He was really focused. I was listening to what you had to he say. Was- it may make it makes good points for sure. Yeah. So there is some pushback, and there is some like calf ropers don't want it because they're worried about it taking over calf roping. My brother's a calf roper. My dad's a stock contractor. I don't want to see that. I don't think any breakaway ropers want to end calf roping. I think we just want room for us too yeah i i totally agree and i we there's there's always there's both sides to everything too so well, anyway right. anyway you can give someone more more opportunity to make make a living at this and and have yeah. and like compete in an event that they're best at at the highest level that's you're doing your like at the sport a favor right right that yeah i agree with that and barrel i run barrels too um but it can be a really tough event it's so horse dependent and if you don't have a horse you can't do it so, well, you, can, you can't win at it if you don't have a good horse. 
So it comes down to having another event that, you know, if you work hard at it and you put your time in, you can become a pretty good roper. So it just gives women a chance if they don't have a barrel horse to still be able to be competitive in the sport of rodeo. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and then, uh, I mean, then when there are two ladies events, which is something that hasn't happened in, you know, I don't know how long, like probably never. Isn't that right? At the professional level, yeah, I know. At the professional level, then you have the opportunity, like what happened in High River, where you win the all-around title, and you and you're only the second one in 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 all of professional rodeo, as far as as far as I know. I I, I could be wrong here, but but besides Nelly in 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 Red Bluff, it's you too right now. Yeah. So yeah, that that was cool too. Gives gives the women a chance to be in the contention for the all-around, and it makes yeah. I feel like at the rodeo, Guy Weedick Days is the only Canadian one that's had it so far, and I feel like it went really well, and I think they got really good feedback from it. So I hope it just keeps growing. Uh, I think uh, based on everything that we've talked about and everything so far, I think it will keep growing, Lakota. And and it's because of people like you that have the passion and, and are willing to do the work and do what it takes to get it done to make it happen. So that's uh, you, well, you deserve a lot of credit, and, and, and kudos to you for doing it. Well, thanks, but honestly, it hasn't, at no point did I really set out to be like, I'm going to make breakaway roping in priorities in Canada. It kind of just snowballed. They called me and were like, hey, what if we had breakaway at that river? And I'm like, that's awesome. I'll do whatever I can to help. So I was kind of involved with that, and we got it going. And then I had a few other committees contact me. Okotoks contacted me and said they wanted to have breakaway, and then Olds as well. And there are a few other rodeos I spoke to throughout the summer about it that it didn't quite work out, but they're like, we don't really have time. It's not going to happen this year, but we're going to try for next year. So I think that they're, we're going to see it even more next year, I hope. And if people, if girls that rope keep talking to committees and helping them out and doing what they can to help the committee put it in, I think we'll see it at more and more rodeos. Well, that's great news. And we, uh, we, uh, I, I love seeing it. I think it's, it's great. awesome. Yeah. I remember yeah. that was one of my favorite events to watch at the college rodeos is how, how fast it was. And it's, it's cool that the committees are reaching out to you. That just shows that there's like legitimate interest in it. We used to just watch it. Cause that's where all the hot chicks were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets a few more, a few more girls at the rodeos too. We're, <laughs> we're greatly outnumbered right now. <laughs> well, and, uh, so going off that, it's going to be at the CFR, I mean, down the road, it could maybe be in the perf too, right? Like that's got to be yeah, something in the that, in the works. Yeah, that would be awesome. It, I mean, it's not going to be it's not going to be right away. It's not going to be in the next few years, but eventually, if it was in the perf, that would be awesome. If we became an event and could you know run at the money everyone else did. There's so many girls that all through high school and college put so much time and effort into their breakaway roping and work really hard at it, and then you, you can't keep going. Like you can, you can, but there's, you know, a few jackpots or the odd rodeo you can go to, but it's hard to put as much effort into it as you need to be to be good to just go a few places. Well, so sorry, go ahead. The the opportunity to, it kind of warrants the amount of effort that it takes. If you have the opportunity to win some more money and have more places to go. Well, and, and speaking of that, did you ever do the math on the American and how many entries there were and what it cost on what got paid out and everything? Like, I'm not trying to say anything there, but, but there was we probably... Did, we did some quick math, and there was uh, over 300 girls at the qualifier, and I'm sure those girls paid into the side pot more than just twice to get qualified twice. I know myself, I paid in three times to get qualified twice. And so... 
just doing some quick math in the stands during it, they took in a lot more money than they paid out. Well, and and what um, like what are the numbers? Just quickly, like I I didn't I don't know the numbers, so I'm curious. Well, it's a so the three hundred and fifty dollars side pot every time you enter, but I think seventy five of that goes into the pot, so it's two hundred seventy five dollars. So just the girls that entered that actually qualified. That's 82500 just for them. But then you just because they qual like everyone paid more times than they qualified. So if you qualified 10, you had to have a minimum of 30 entries. So if you have had 30 entries at 275 times a time, that's 8250 per roping. And there had to be, a, yeah, 100 ropings. I, they had to take in $900,000. Just on one event, yeah, and they only they paid out a hundred thousand to the winner. Yeah, holy crap! That's so, unreal. and I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers. Those are, those are estimates to me. But they took in a lot of money, and they, they paid out a hundred thousand, but they paid out more than that because they paid yeah. the rounds and they paid. Yeah, and the, and like the once you got into the semifinals, then they paid in that. So they did pay out a lot more than a hundred thousand. But, but they took still, in nine hundred if they. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they took events. in. I'm sure that they, I'm sure they made out okay on that deal. Dang. So I'm sure they'll keep having it. Dang. Well, even if that, even if that's the case and that many people want to do it, I mean, if that's how it works up here, well, at least it's a, at least the event gets to go. Right. Maybe that's at least how it's it works. an opportunity for the event. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of how, that's how the Canadian, you pay into a side pot also to qualify for the Canadians, but, and then they add the money at the finals and, Craig and Mark Fitzpatrick are actually the ones behind that. So they're spearheading that and they put a lot of work into it to have that go for us. So it's, it's cool to see all of these different people putting in the effort to, to have breakaway for us. Oh yeah. It's outstanding. Well, and we're all, we're already getting to our 30 minute mark here on the show, Lakota. So one thing we asked every, ask, ask every guest. The most we important have, question. Yeah. Go ahead, Wacey. What is it? Um, what is your definition of cowboy shit? Oh, my definition of cowboy shit would probably be when someone does something really handy, and you're like, "That was some cowboy shit." And it, and and with with the, with you with the ladies, it's something that you can say to another lady too. It's not, it's gender neutral. It's gender tw- neutral. it's with 2019. <laughs> yeah, I think I think yeah, cowboy shit can be. And there's so many girls out there that are handy now and can do almost everything. Uh, that that don't. I don't think the regular, the average rodeo fan knows how handy girl some girls are because they just see them barrel race. I don't think they even realize they do everything else. And so I think that that can be part of cowboy shit too, is girls that girls that can rope and girls that are handy at a lot of things other than just barrel racing. Oh yeah, heck yeah. Well, that that plays into what you were saying about the the boys being nervous about like breakaway roping. I think I've seen you rope calves before, so they probably want to keep you out of the calf roping. <laughs> so they don't lose. Yeah, they, so they don't lose to you. Just like me well, losing. Yeah. If we're not if we're not roping like tiny little hundred pounders, I'm I'm not too much of a threat in the calf roping. So <laughs> unless they unless they really decrease the weight limit, they shouldn't be too worried about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> thanks for doing this, Lakota. We sure appreciate it. This was thanks for uh, having me. Fun show. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, Lakota. This has uh, been Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Thanks again, Lakota Bird, for being our guest. This after today, on the podcast, I don't know. I get confused with what we're supposed to what be saying. Is it? Yeah, I thought it was Sunday Where yesterday. Yeah, we're gonna go enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, the great outdoors of uh, July in Calgary. So, 
Thanks again for listening, though, folks. We appreciate it. <laughs>